listening to another hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. Seriously, uh, what an amazing, amazing crew of people. What an honour it is for us to be able to do church with you guys. And um, I'm so expectant about what God has in store this morning. I hope you haven't come just uh, ready to attend in a service that feels an hour earlier, but you've come ready, uh, excuse me, to receive something that God has in store. Because I believe there's something great in store for us this morning. And before I start, I do have a confession. And I feel like I've got to get off my chest, but I actually um, unfortunately started singing Christmas carols by myself uh, this week. And I don't know why, I just feel like it's a hindrance at the moment. And while we're talking about the soul, it's been weighing heavy on me. Uh, you know, it was terrible. I think, um, I think it was dashing through the snow on a one-horse open sleigh, like overfields would go laughing all the way. Ha ha, what? So if we could just stretch our hands out, God, we pray for healing in Jesus' name. The soul sold out. We've been talking about the soul. And uh, if you haven't been here the last two Sundays, I really encourage you, you've got to get online and listen to uh, Pastor Paul's message two weeks ago and then Pastor Nadia's message. There's no way I can do it justice or encapsulate everything that was said within a three minute or four minute kind of snapshot. But I love the scripture Pastor Paul did start with out of 1 Thessalonians 5. It says, now may the God of peace make you holy in every way. That is pretty awesome. <laughs> and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless, kept blameless unto the Lord Jesus Christ. How good is that? Holy and whole, spirit, soul and body. See, this thought that Pastor Paul presented is that God actually sees us first as spirit with an attached soul living in a body. But the challenge is, is that most of us are under the influence, first and foremost, of our souls rather than our spirit. But if we're going to live in God's fullness, if we're going to outwork in God's fullness, then it's not denying our soul, but it's not living purely and predominantly from our soul. Then Pastor Nadia went on and asked the question of us last week, who is lording your soul? Who's lording your soul? Uh, through Scripture, she revealed that the truth is that if our soul is not actually surrendered to God, then it's surrendered to self. And, um, you know, you might, I don't know what you think of yourself and as high as you might think you're of yourself, the challenge with that is, is that if we're surrendered purely to self, then our natural instinct is actually to draw away from the presence of God, not to draw to the presence of God. And so what can happen is if we're surrendered to self, surrendered to our feelings, surrendered to our wills, we actually get further away rather than closer to the wonder of who God is. And I'm jumping into it pretty straight away, but, and I, I hope you're with me on this ride because there's going to be a lot of Scripture this morning. You up for a lot of Scripture? Yeah. You're up for a moment of encounter at the, at the end of the service? Because you've got to be in on those two things. Otherwise, uh, you know, you might as well have slept in that extra hour. You might as well just... So, but I'm believing, honestly, that something amazing is going to take place. Because it, it doesn't take too much to identify that most of the world is living out of their soul. They're living from that place of their desires, their feelings. And unfortunately, in that, they look to justify, we look to justify and quantify whatever seems best to me. Whatever seems best to me. And actually, we have little regard for the people around us and the effects it may have ongoing. It's about what suits me right here, right now. And we can actually let our souls be the dictator of our decisions. Which, surprise, surprise, it never actually satisfies. 
Isn't it amazing how people searching for souls and going after the soul always go, I just don't feel like anything satisfies. It's because your soul can never satisfy your spirit. Your soul can never satisfy your spirit. But when your spirit is full, my soul lives satisfied. So when we focus on sold out, and this being the last of the three weeks, I thought it'd be awesome if we actually went down the, the, the pathway of actually looking at if it's our spirits that actually ultimately satisfy our souls, then we need to actually look at what is it going to take to strengthen our spirit? Come on, what is it going to take to enable our spirit to be in the best place that it can be so it can operate in the fullness that God wants it to operate? And we can live from that place rather than living from a place that can be here today, gone tomorrow, it can be up one moment, down the other. No, let's live from a place of spirit attachment Come on, that allows our soul and our body to operate as God designed it to operate. Let's pray. Father, we thank You that this morning You have such a plan in store. Father, we thank You for the amazing wonder of having communion and again representing and recognising that it all started with the love of a Father who sent His Son, Jesus. But Lord, You didn't send Your Son, Jesus, to that be one life lived at one moment. But Lord, You from there went even further to enable us all to know You personally, that we could engage with You, that we could grow with You, that we could live the life You've called us to live. Father, I pray, give us the heart to be able to receive, give us the mind to be able to comprehend and give us the ability to step into all that You have. In Jesus' Name, everybody said, Amen. I need to kind of go quickly, but I do want to ask the question, have you ever thought about what it is fundamentally that our souls desire and pursue? Have you ever thought about it fundamentally? What is it our souls ultimately desire? What are they pursuing? We could break it down, no doubt, into a number of things, but it would be clear to say that our souls, our, they desire love. Am I right? Come on, we desire love. We desire to be loved, to give love. We desire peace. Come on, we desire this sense of peace. We desire this, and that may come out of a place of having control. Being in this place of control, we desire happiness, joy. Come on, it's incredible the lengths that people will go to find joy. Come on, the amount of money people will spend to get joy. The, 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 the places that, if I just get to that postcard picture destination, then I'm going to find happiness. But you find there's mosquitoes on that beach just as they are on the beach down the road. There's always going to be something that if that's the position of joy, it's not going to satisfy we want to be people who are trustworthy, dependable. We want to be people who have character. We want to have this sense of living a good life. I'd like to present that our core desires, which the world presents are obtainable through earthly achievements, through the companionship of people. I'm not saying that achievements and companionship with people are wrong at all. But I am going to present that those are not actually the source in which we're supposed to find that stuff, the very core desires that we have and the places in which it was supposed to be fulfilled is actually our innate longing for the Holy Spirit. See, the very fundamental fulfillers of our soul are actually the fruits of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is what? There's nine different fruits. The fruit of the Spirit is love, we seek love. I want to tell you the Holy Spirit is love. <laughs> we seek happiness and joy and we try and get it and all that. Thing. The Holy Spirit is joy. Come on, we seek peace and trying to have everything in control. The Holy Spirit is peace. Come on, He is kindness. He is goodness. He is faithfulness. He is gentleness. He is self-control. <laughs> 
So here we are looking for these things, trying to achieve these things, and the Holy Spirit's like, it's here. (laughs) I've actually got it in just being in connection and relationship with me, having me flowing through your life. That is where you find these things. Trying to achieve it in that is not going to satisfy because your soul can't satisfy your spirit. But if you have a satisfied full spirit, you'll have a satisfied soul. So what I'm actually longing for is not stuff. What I'm longing for is the Spirit of God. Now, we're going to go on a journey, and I told you there's going to be a lot of Scripture, but we've got to understand at the moment that we open our hearts and invite Jesus into our lives, and we put our faith in Him, we believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Not only did He die, but He rose again to life. And in that, we have the atonement for our sins, which Tiff talked about before, and we worshipped and, and thanked God for that reality. In that moment, we receive eternal life, all right? Our spirits are alive. The Bible says in, that we become a new creation. How is it that we're born again? And everybody knows we don't jump back in that womb and get back out again. No, but we're born again. We're renewed. We're refreshed. Isn't that a great thing? Don't you love that feeling of when the weight of the world lifts off when you give your heart to Jesus? And then the Holy Spirit gets to work and He doesn't try and change us from the outward in, but He changes us from the inward out. And He starts to transform our lives. And Ephesians 1, 13 to 14 talks about this in verse 13. It says, And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. It's important because they're not talking to the Jews and the people who are so much the, the godly, but He's talking about the Gentiles. He's talking about to everybody. Now you've heard the good news. Come on, it's not restricted to a few. It's not restricted to those who just go to church on Sunday. It's not restricted to just a, a number of people who've got a certain inheritance. No, no, this is for everybody. When you believe in Christ, He identified you as His own by giving you the Holy Spirit. So when we engage our life with Christ, when we, when we identify our need of a Savior, at that point, the Holy Spirit comes on our life and we receive Him. And that is what He had promised us long ago. And then verse 14, and the Spirit is God's guarantee that He will give us the inheritance that He has promised and that He has purchased us by His, as His own people. What an awesome thing. Come on, it's a confirmation within you. Come on, that you're not an orphan, that you're not lost, that you've been found, that you've been purchased at a price, that God has you in His hands. But it's amazing because he goes on and says there, the Holy Spirit whom was promised. Now we're reading from Ephesians here and he's talking about when the Holy Spirit was promised in John 14. And so we're going to go through John 14 where the, the subtitle of the context is that Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. What's amazing even about that title is that that people love Jesus. There's scholars that love Jesus. There's, there's other religions that, that quantifiably say Jesus was a good man. He was a great prophet. They love Jesus. But when you get to the Holy Spirit, like I did earlier, things get quieter. Is it just me or did it get a little quieter in here? Oh, I'm all good with Jesus. The healer, the teacher, the prophet, the one who went out of his way and loved people. I love how he did stuff. I love who he did it for. I love who he went and stood with. I love who he, he said, no, 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 you first throw the first rock, whoever says that they're without sin. This amazing woman is just as valuable as him. Oh, we love Jesus. Jesus is awesome, but the Holy Spirit, I don't know, seems a little bit, you know, but this is Jesus talking of the Holy Spirit. He's just going, man, the Holy Spirit's good. Like, you're like me, you're going to love Him. Like, you got frustrated because I was on that side of the lake and then I was on that side of the lake and I could only be in that house and that house is only that big and you kind of got, no, no, the Holy Spirit, like, He can be everywhere and He can be in anyone. There's no limit. Like, you got to understand, this guy's good. (laughs) And he says, Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. He doesn't promise the wacky spirit. 
He doesn't promise the Fruit Loop Spirit. He doesn't promise that I'll do whatever I want in the Spirit's name. He doesn't promise the unrelatable spirit. He doesn't promise the, the like, are you, what, what, spirit? The Holy Spirit. Come on, people are like, oh, the Holy Spirit, everything's in the Holy Spirit, there's weird and wacky. No, 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 they're weird and wacky. The Holy Spirit is not weird and wacky. It is the Holy Spirit and God and, and Jesus. They're one. They're together. They're in on this thing. We have to understand this. We must have confidence in the day and age that we're living in, in the power and the relationship of the Holy Spirit. Come on, it is not, I love Jesus, I go to church, and yeah, I'm, 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 you know, the Holy Spirit moves and stuff and all that, but don't ever speak in tongues. Don't, don't ever like, you know, like getting that's kind of route. No, no, we got to be confident in the Holy Spirit. Come on, the Holy Spirit is divine, sacred, sanctified, revered, blessed, dedicated. And he goes and he says this in verse 15. He says, if you love me, keep my commands. That's, that could preach all year long. If you love me, keep my commands. And I'll ask the Father and He will give you another. How good is this? He'll give you another and He calls him the advocate. See, the amazing thing about an advocate and, and, and written in that time and in that frame was that an advocate is someone who speaks favour of, someone who pleads your cause. Come on, someone who stands for you doesn't stand against you. It doesn't stand there to point your wrongs out. No, they stand for you. They stand as a, they're on your side. They're, they're looking for you to be better. They're looking for you to go further. They're going to enable you. But the thing is, is that the, the Jews were actually um, largely ignorant of Roman law. And so they would get an advocate who knew the Roman language and they would stand on the Jews' behalf in the court cases and in, in the, the realm of accusation. And the advocate would be there to plead the case. Come on, when the enemy's pointing a figure trying to accuse you. Come on, when your own thoughts are trying to downplay you. Who knows, it's the Holy Spirit within you that's standing your cause. Come on, standing your side, building you up, giving you hope, allowing you to lift your head. He's an advocate. He goes on and says he's a counsellor. Come on, he brings advice, he gives counsel. And he goes on and says, to help you and be with you forever. Not for a fuzzy feeling in a service. Not for just a moment, not just for why there was some big revival, and those are awesome things, but it didn't stop there. He's with you forever. He's with you on the mountaintop. He's with you in the valley. He's with you in your schoolyard. He's with you in your, your home dynamic that's challenging. He's with you wherever you go. And then it says in verse 17, he's the spirit of truth. How good is that? He's not the spirit of whatever feels in the moment. He's the spirit of truth. We know the truth. The Word of God is truth. He's the spirit of the Word of God. <laughs> that means He's amplifying. He's, he's exaggerating. He's enabling. He's allowing these Scriptures to come alive in our life. He's not void of these things. God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit do not do their own things contrary to each other. They do not contradict each other. They're all on the same page. And when someone goes, oh, the Spirit of God really told me that uh, I don't have to forgive them because of something. No, wrong. That's not what the Scripture says. <laughs> well, the Spirit of God said, I don't have to be with her anymore because of this and this. Uh, wrong. Uh, you know, why? Because it's the Word of God. He's truth, man. He's, he's twantifiable truth. I got an email the other week of someone going, yeah, but I just felt the Spirit needed me to tell you a whole lot of stuff. And I'm like, well, that's just not even the Word of God. So take your Spirit, whatever that Spirit is. Maybe it's on your top shelf. I'm not sure. But the Spirit never compromises and never contradicts the Word. We love the Word, but I don't know about the Holy Spirit. 
The Holy Spirit is the word of truth. They, they're the same. They're not all over the place. They're solid. They're founded. They're grounded. They're real. They're tangible. They're dependable. Come on, is this all right this morning? I'm not sure what you came expecting, but I hope it's filling your bones. <laughs> and the, word cannot, the world cannot accept Him because it neither sees Him or knows Him. Paul's moment again. You're thinking, Flip, how long does it take you to get through one page? Him. Not it. Him. Doesn't see Him. Doesn't, not, doesn't see it. Where is it? What is it? No, it's Him. He's personal. He's a person. He's someone who does life with you. He's someone you can walk with, you can talk with. He's someone that you can... He, he's personal. Jesus walked and talked with people in different contexts, in different ways, because He knew them intimately. What He said to one, He didn't say to another. Why? Because He understood them more than anyone else did. And the same with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will walk with me differently than He will walk with Nadia. Now, there will be quantifiable things that He does the same, but at the same time, He's personal to me. <laughs> he needs more grace for me. <laughs> He's a person. But you know him. Why? Because he's not something that the leaders have. He's not something just that you get when you're in a church. No, he lives within you. Come on, every single person, he lives within you. I will not leave you as orphans. Wow. I'm going to go, but you won't be alone. <laughs> That's a pretty awesome thing. I will come to you. Jump down to 22 and it says, Then Judas said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus replied, no, that's not what I'm saying at all. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching and my Father will love them. And we, come on, we, when you get the Holy Spirit, you get encompassing of all. <laughs> we, when you get the Holy Spirit, you've got Jesus in the mix. You've got God in the mix of that. He's, he's on the move. Come on, we will come to them and make our home with Him. Anyone who does not love me will not bear my teachings. And these words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All of this I've spoken while still with you, but the Advocate... Come on, the advocate. The holy, not the wacky, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all these things and remind you of everything I've said to you. Come on, what is it that brings the Word alive midweek when we're going through a situation? What is it that allows wisdom to come alive in your life? What is it that gives you insight that you didn't really know, but it was already in there? Because the Holy Spirit brings alive that which God deposited. There's moments that you've been in services and some of you might right now be drifting out of this room, but the Word of God is a seed that goes in. And there's things that will be deposited in you that even though you don't recognise it, God will actually through His Holy Spirit will illuminate it and will start to grow and cause fruit in your life. Even though I walked away from God at 14 for 18, for 18 years, I'd still be away, for four years, it was amazing at 18 when I came back to God, how much of the Word of God I knew and how much of it was alive in me because the Holy Spirit, come on, brought it alive. It didn't matter that I didn't know it word for word, but it was in there and it started to produce fruit in my life. Verse 27, how good is this? Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Come on, the Holy Spirit is full of peace. We've got to hurry because I want to pray for people today. But hear this for those who are questioning and those who are cautious. I don't give as the world gives. So do not let your hearts be troubled. Come on, don't be afraid. I believe He's saying to you this morning, don't be afraid of what the Holy Spirit can do for you. Don't be afraid of a relationship with the Holy Spirit that can help you, that can lead you, that can guide you. Don't be like, yeah, I love church and I love God and love Jesus, but I just don't know about that Holy Spirit. I'm telling you the reason you love church and you love God and you love the Word is because the Holy Spirit within you is agreeing with it. And it feels right because it is right. It's truth. But allow the Holy Spirit to be more than just a, a feeling that feels good, but allow Him to be the personal uh, leader of your life. Come on. 
So here it is. Jesus has said to them, uh, guys, I'm going to leave the Holy Spirit. So I know you've been in an internship with me for a number of years, and I know you know a lot of stuff, and I know you've had practical outworking of laying hands on people and all that kind of stuff. But before, uh, before you go out there and, and, and engage the church, before you go, you actually need to stay. Because you need this Holy Spirit upon your life, not just in your life, upon your life. Uh, before you go, you actually got to stay. So here these guys are. They know Jesus is going to go. He, he dies and He rises back. And then in Luke uh, 24, in verse 49, Jesus is leaving the disciples. He's already said you need to go into all the world. And He says, I am going to send you what my Father has promised. What has His Father promised? The Holy Spirit. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Stay in the city. Before you go, stay until you've been clothed with power from on high. (laughs) And verse uh, 53 says, And they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. I think the challenge can be for us is that we have the grace of God. We have a clean conscience. (laughs) We know that He leads us. We have His Word that's alive. But at times we can be lacking of His power. At times we can be lacking of His leading. At times we can be lacking because we have not yet been clothed in the power of the Holy Spirit. And we're going out clean, but we're not going out clothed. You're clean. I'm not asking about salvation. I'm asking about are you clothed in power? Come on, are you clothed in wisdom? Are you clothed with an advocate that goes before you? Do you, do you have alive the spiritual things of God that He wants to give you? Come on, that we're not dictated and derived by our soul, but we are alive in our spirit. Come on, leading our souls. So then they stay. And then we understand Acts 2. The upper room, the day of Pentecost comes, we're all together in one place and suddenly the sound of a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on all of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. How awesome is that? This is awesome stuff, man. This is good stuff. So from there, they go into the world. They start saving people, healing people, building the church. And we sit here today because of what overflowed from that moment right there. Oh, I love the church and I love the Word. I love Jesus. I'm not sure about the Holy Spirit though. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit. We wouldn't be in this room. We wouldn't know the presence that we've got. We wouldn't know the power that we can have access to if it wasn't for them staying. Because they stayed, they were able to go. You say, what has this got to do with my soul? (laughs) Absolutely everything. Absolutely everything. I haven't got time to read through it, but Galatians 5 16 to 24 talks about living by God's, living by the Spirit's power. And it says this, it says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, that you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the exact opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite to what the sinful nature desires. And these two forces are constantly fighting each other so that you are free, not free to carry out the good intentions. There is a fight going on. 
Come on, and we can't stand this fight and make the progress and the ground in our own ability, in our own wisdom, in our own uh, cleanliness. Cleanliness is great. We need cleanliness, but it's not the thing that's going to enable you to be able to take the advancing steps that you have been called to take, that we have been called to take. We're not going to make the, the difference, have the influence, be able to change circumstances, be able to lay hands on the sick, be able to see different things turn around, things crack open if we don't have the power of the Spirit at work in line side of us. This might be tough, but I hope you're feeling it. This is inclusive for you. This isn't, this isn't like, I'm not going to go, full stop, have a good week. No, no, no we're going to have a moment. We're going to pray that everybody is going to be filled with the Spirit of God. The very fruits of the Spirit are 100% contrary to my sinful nature's desires. What an awesome thing. My sinful nature's tendencies are conflicted with the fruits of the Spirit. If I have the fruit of the Spirit within me, when my natural desire wants to lead me astray, it's the fruit of the Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that rises up within me and says, no, 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 we're not going down that path. No, 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 I'm not acting in that way. No, 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 Craig, you don't have to be first in the situation. No, 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 you don't need to act in rage in that moment. No, 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 deny lust. No, 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 you don't act and you don't do and it's not about you and it's not about envy and it's not about, no, 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 the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit rise up. And what is the overflow of that? Joy peace, goodness, self-control, love, gentleness. What awesome things are these? When my spirit is set on God's righteousness, my soul lives sheltered by God's holiness. When my spirit is set on God's righteousness, my soul lives sheltered by God's holiness. You say, that is awesome, Craig, but I heard you talk about the speaking in tongues thing. You mentioned it, but you kind of didn't stay there. Glad you mentioned it. We're going to go back. Speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues is a spiritual gift. It's a gift that you can be given. The same as the gift of prophecy, same as the gift of healing, gift of interpretation, gift of discernment. These are gifts that we've been given. And he says, desire these gifts. Desire to speak in the language of the Holy Spirit. Some people go, oh man, I don't know about that. Now that's too far. That's too much. That's just out there. So we're okay with God creating a universe. We're okay with him having all the cosmos and everything under control, but he can't give us a fresh language. Like he's just, that's just too much for our God. I'm telling you, I don't know about that. That's pretty out there. Come on, man. We're talking about a personal language that my spirit has with God. Like, what? what? Like, I don't know why I'd be defensive on that. I'd be like, come on, let's go there. Finally, I can say something my wife doesn't understand. This is awesome, you know? <laughs> There's lots of things I say my wife does not understand. <laughs> You get it? He's going, desire the gift. Because what it does is it builds up your spirit. We're talking about protecting your soul. Then to protect your soul, you need to strengthen your spirit. To strengthen your spirit, speak in tongues. Now Saul goes on to say, I'd rather speak in a crowd five intellectual words rather than a thousand words in tongue. Why? Because he's saying, come on, if I speak, everyone's all like, good for you, buddy. There's no benefit to anyone because it only builds up yourself. So prophesy because it builds up the church. But he says, when it comes to you personally, pray in tongues. Come on, why do you? And he says, I prayed in tongues more than anyone. Why do we know he, he had to do that? Because he was more persecuted than anyone. He wrote more of the Word of God than anyone. He got more revelation than anyone. He saw more miracles than anyone. Why is that? Maybe because he prayed in tongues and he was led by the Spirit more than anyone. Come on, if we would just pray in tongues. Come on, if we allow our spirit to be edified. Maybe, maybe just we would be doing stuff that in our heart we desire, but in our 
cleanliness doesn't get there, but if we could be clothed, if we could be clothed, wow. We need to bring this to a close for time. Come on. We want God's grace and His peace. Oh, yeah, give me that. Come on, team. Why don't you come join me? We want God's insight and His wisdom. Yeah, yeah. We want God's favor. Absolutely. You want to pray in tongues? No. I don't know. Come on, they're all intertwined. (laughs) They're all attached. Acts 19, and this is where we're going to go from. Acts 19, 1 to 7. Paul, the Apostle Paul is in Ephesus. In verse 19, he says, While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, no, we've actually never heard of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you're here, you've never heard of the Holy Spirit. That's totally cool. So were these guys, they were disciples, they were doing great things, they never heard of it either. So don't worry, it doesn't mean that you're out of, out, outside. No, no, things get exciting. They said, no, we've never actually heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, well, what baptism did you receive? They said, John's baptism, the baptism of repentance. And Paul said, John's baptism was the baptism of repentance. And he told the people to believe in the one coming after him. Jesus told them to believe in the one coming after him. That is in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptised in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and they prophesied. And there was about 12 men in all. Amazing that the question that Paul asks and that we identify with being the first thing, his first thing he asks them is, do you have the Holy Spirit? He gets there and he meets these guys, obviously doing great things. He says, but do you have the Holy Spirit? Like, have you been baptised in the Holy Spirit? And they're like, no, we've never heard of it. He's going, wow, you're doing great stuff. But man, you need the Holy Spirit if you're going to do everything that God wants you to do. Come on, if you're going to be the mum that God wants you to be, come on, we need the Holy Spirit. Come on, if I'm going to be the dad that God wants me to be, I need the Holy Spirit. Come on, if we're going to be teenagers in this day and age, we need the Holy Spirit. Come on, if we're going to be people like Elijah who are saying, come on, give me that mountain. My days aren't done. I'm a senior of years, but there's still things God has in store. We need the Holy Spirit. Come on, if we're going to grow our businesses, if we're going to be great employees, we need the Holy Spirit. So I want to ask, what baptism have you received? If you haven't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, then we're going to take five-ish minutes. We're going to have time to worship and we're just going to lift Him up and we're going to sing. And if you are here, you've been baptised in the Spirit, you have a language of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to encourage you as we're worshiping, you don't just have to sing the words on the screen. Sing out what's in your spirit. Sing out what's in your heart. Come on, fan into flame the gift that He's given you. Come on, the Holy Spirit you have is a gift. He says to Timothy, come on, Timothy, we need moments of faith. You've got to fan into flame that gift you've been given. So you pray in the Holy Spirit. We're going to have our leaders up here. And if you just want a fresh dose of the Holy Spirit, or you want to be baptised in the Holy Spirit, you're going to receive the gift of tongues. Then come on, at the end of this series, I think the last thing we could do is set you up to know information, but not know an encounter. So we want you to have an encounter this morning afresh. Maybe you've been up on altar calls where you've been prayed for the Holy Spirit and you haven't received the gift of tongues. I went on seven altar calls before I received that gift. But every moment there was an opportunity, I was up there. Why? Because I wanted that language. I wanted Him to edify and to build up who He was inside of me. So come on, why don't we all stand to our feet? Are you hungry this morning? Just allow God's presence to do what only His presence can do. Come on, we're going to worship together. We're going to sing, Oh, come Holy Spirit. Burn like a fire. And I believe right now even the atmosphere is shifting across this place. 
if you speak in that language, I just want you to start to come on, edify, lift up. Ask our team to come up here. But I want to ask you the question What baptism do you have? If you haven't received yet the baptism of the Holy Spirit, or you want a fresh impartation of His Spirit, come on, I don't want you to waste any time. I just want you to get out of your seat, come up the front, and let's just pray, pray and believe for a fresh outpouring. Those who are receiving the gift of tongues have confidence that what He puts in your spirit, speak out. Don't try and overcomplicate it with your mind. Let your spirit do the talking. Come on, church, let's respond this morning freely and hungrily for God to move in such a powerful way. Holy Spirit, we invite you now to move in power. Holy Spirit, we invite and ask for your gifts to flow that we would be receivers in the name of Jesus. Come on, come up the front if you'd love to be prayed for the Holy Spirit. You want to be refreshed in His anointing, in His love, in His peace, in His joy.
Holy Spirit, we just come as, as your kids and say, Lord, we want more of you. Lord, we're not satisfied with just a little bit. We're not satisfied with just a touch. Lord, we're not satisfied with just having an, an, a portion on a Sunday. God, we want your Spirit to move Monday to Sunday. Lord, we want there to be an increase of you leading and flowing in and through our lives. So Lord, out of our lives in ways, Lord, that we can't contain. Lord, that we wouldn't limit you, but God, that we would make ourselves available for you to lead us guide us, to enable us to enter the fullness that You have for us. In the Name of Jesus. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifeau.org.